Hello, this is The Parent Panel. Every week we invite one mum and one dad onto the show to talk about the news and events of the week. Today we have a mum who has a big stuffed teddy bear as one of her besties and our dad is a comedian who moonlights as a very successful auctioneer. Well, sometimes you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not adult. <laughs> Neve one day took her nappy off and just rubbed it on the wall. Oh, wow. I kind of feel like parenting is a good antidote to my anal retentiveness. I think you're still in the trenches with your kids. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes call it the vortex. <laughs> the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Rachel Coops is our mum. You may know her from play school. That's where all the kids know her from. But I know her as a yoga teacher, a very experienced yoga teacher and mum of son Gabriel, who is six. Hello, Rachel. Hello. Nice to have you here. And Cam Knight is a comedian and dad of two boys. Archie is five and Oscar, who's almost three. He is three. He's three now. He's three. Oh, man. Look, Cam, I have to explain the auctioneer thing because mm. I didn't know you did this. I and didn't then I either, went stalking I'm... you on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a few of them this year now. You're very good at Thank it. Thank you. I raise a lot of money. I just harass people and yes. bag out the prizes. And for some reason, people throw their hands up and we raise thousands of dollars for charities. Didn't you like raise 10 grand? We raised 10 grand for Batir, which helps, um, which is a great charity that um, that helps teenagers deal with anxiety and depression. Um, and also I did a, I did a, another auction. Um, I did another auction for them on the uh, last weekend and then on... Um, on Are You OK Day, I did a, another auction for the, for those guys raising money again. Think about fun. maybe moving into real estate. They I, might, I yeah. don't want to do real estate. <laughs> I like the idea that I'm raising money for a good cause. Yeah. Real estate is the devil's work. <laughs> That's so. true. That's true. But it would be quite funny having a comedian at an auction. Where What's wrong with you? Where's your money? Stop calling China. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, our topics today are how much say partners have over childbirth, are parents drinking too much wine, and birthday party lolly bags. But first up today, losing at Survivor, winning at life. So I guess I could donate my time and money. Cash money, I'm going to make it rain. I only donated all this money so I could make a mockery of their cause. Show me the money. But it's not right. I will not be accepting your money anymore. When Australian Survivor contestant Luke Toki, Toki, I don't watch Survivor, can you tell, um, was booted off the show on Monday night, his fans went into a complete meltdown. Uh, apparently he was a favourite for the audience because he was this lovable larrikin or is this lovable larrikin and he also has three children at home with special needs. Um, his two sons are on the autism spectrum and his little girl, who was only six weeks old when he left for Survivor, um, was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. So one super fan started a GoFundMe page, which um, looks like it's going to surpass, if it hasn't already, the prize money on offer for the Survivor winner. Rachel, it's one thing to go on a show and put yourself out there to win money for your family. It's another thing to have people um, raise the similar or greater amount, like we're talking $500,000. If you were Luke, would you feel comfortable accepting that money or would it feel a bit strange to be taking that money from strangers? I think I would feel uncomfortable, but at the same time, it's an interesting idea and concept that reality TV audiences are actually taking control beyond network control. And initially that was the whole point, right, is that audience... The audience gets to have some say. Um, so I say good on the audience. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't look at it that way. 
Yeah, cool. What about you, Cam? I take money from strangers all the time. Um, <laughs> are you, are you sitting out the front? Unwillingly, and... <laughs> um, just shake them loose. No, well, as a comedian, that's what I do, you know. Like, there's an exchange there, so I take money from them. I don't know really who they are. If I have any super fans out there that are listening right now, by all means, please Let's do a GoFundMe. I have, we did a budget recently, my wife and I, which made me want to walk out into traffic. Um, but I wouldn't. We live in Sydney, so I'd probably have to pay a bloody toll on it. But we we discovered that our daycare last year cost us 30 grand. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, what are they teaching? One of them still poos himself. They're not, <laughs> at that price, they should be coming back speaking Mandarin. You know, me, how dad? I'd be like, oh, that's money well spent. But this is, I need that. Everyone needs to get by. So if you've got a super fan that wants to get you half a mil, yeah, go for it. We're going to put that out there, yeah. actually. Any super fans who'd like to support Cam Knight. Yes, please. Yeah. I've got daycare fees to cover. We'll start a page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, though, my eldest, uh, eldest, my youngest goes to school next year, and I'm thinking about taking his um, childcare funds and just putting it in a fund for my hair to get my hair totally. just you just me <laughs> yeah, totally great except, except I was going to try and hide that from my partner which is I don't no, think that's going to happen now <laughs> you've just stuffed it up damn it I think it's a good thing there was an artist called Amanda Palmer that um, she's a singer songwriter and she really connected with her fans online and raised, I think, like a million dollars or over a million dollars to make a, an album. So she didn't have to go through the normal channels. Um, you know, she just bypassed uh, having to deal with record label and all of that sort of corporate hoopla and just got to make an album that she wanted to make and give it to her fans um, because they helped fund that. And I think that's amazing. I think that's great. And I think that's the thing because there are no normal channels anymore. No. As, a, as an artist, yeah, you yeah. can't have a career the way you used to. Yeah, for sure. So we have to embrace the new wave of new channels and it's a whole new landscape. Uh, the interesting thing I find, well, the, the question in my head is about the ethics of it. In a sense, um, someone raised in the office when we were talking about this, they had friends who um, had been going through particularly difficult times with illness or something similar and a friend had started a GoFundMe page for them. Mm. And the person in the office was saying, it was almost like people had ownership over the money and what the person did with it. So there was an awkward transaction between the person who needed the money and the person and the people who raised the money. So I understand how it would work with artists because essentially there has always been a transaction mm. in the services you provide and, and what you get back. But I'm, and maybe that's what Luke Tocchi is now because mm. he was on TV. But I'm, I wonder in the community when that happens, and you might be desperate for help and really need the money, and then all of a sudden all these people give it to you, mm. and you're like, actually, I need to spend a little bit of that money taking my family on a holiday so that they can just regroup, et cetera, et cetera. And then someone goes, oh, no, 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 that was for your chemo, not for a holiday. Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, too late. <laughs> Money's in the bank, mate. See yeah, that's ya. It. You give it and just, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But isn't it also that we don't have communities the way we used to? Like we don't live in tribes mm. and potentially this is the new community. Potentially it's it's like, well, like, I don't live next door to my, my friends and family anymore. I do want to help. How can I help? And maybe it's also because we don't live like that anymore. This is a new way to assist families in times of need. And, and people don't ask for help. No. So they, no. they could be really in dire straits and everyone's wanting to help, but 
you're not going to go up to someone and go, here's 20 bucks. No. Mm. Good luck with all the rest of it. I like that this is a direct channel, though. Like, these people get that money and no one's sort of skimming off the top. You know, there's so many different charities out there that legally only have to give a certain percentage of their gross uh, to that charity and then the rest of it sort of goes into their business and helping pay them. And so a lot of that sort of... You know, it gets really watered down. Um, so this is just a direct hunk of money that just goes boom. There mm. you go. That's. I mean, I like that. That's. There's no other person getting involved and touching it. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, we started on a serious note. Maybe the next <laughs> one will be serious. We'll see what you have to say. I'll chuck some jokes in there. It's all okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Come thank on. you. You are the yeah. comedian. Um, <laughs> how much say should partners get in the labour ward? You say no epidural. I say epidural. Am I partial? To no epidural? Yes. Why? Because I'm a hypochondriac. I'm afraid of drugs. My mom didn't use an epidural. Lizzie didn't. I meet women all the time who didn't choose to use epidural. Would you get a root canal without any You love drugs? that analogy. A root canal is not comparable because you're not born to go through a root canal. As a woman, your body is genetically engineered to give birth. Well, listen, next time you can do this. So that's actress Shay Mitchell talking to her partner, former Entertainment Tonight presenter, Matt Babel. <clears throat> anyway, if you didn't catch it, he's basically saying he doesn't agree with epidurals during labour. I'm going to go to you first, Cam. Do. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Putting aside all the problems with that statement, you know, yeah. including mortality rates, maternal mortality sure. rates, before we had medical intervention like epidurals mm-hmm. to assist with birth. Um, just how much say should the non-birthing partner, mm-hmm. male or female, yep. have in the birthing process of the person going through it? Zero. <laughs> Shut up. Correct It's answer. not your body. It's not your choice. You can sit there and have a, a discussion with them, but at the end of the day, that person is carrying that child and what they want to do and how they want to do it is up to them entirely. And, like, that is ridiculous. If it, I mean, seriously, he wouldn't... You get a man, him in that room, pregnant, passing that watermelon through the eye of the needle, he would be like, give me drugs, give me... Can you imagine a man being pregnant? They couldn't do it. They'd be like, what do you mean I can't drink for nine months? They just... Like, you girls... I, I saw my partner do that. She did it drug-free, transformed, went to a place. Like, there's no way I would ever do that, by the way. I wouldn't do it, even if it was an option on Fear Factor or something. But they're like, for a million bucks, give birth or eat a truckload of cockroaches. I'd be like, back them in, back them in and bring some milk, right? Like, that is the closest thing to God I'll ever understand. Like, I saw that and just mm. went, I'm a redundant piece of shit. Like, I will never <laughs> be able to beat that or equal that in any way. Like, I think that you are the superior sex of the species. Like, you carry a child for nine months of the day, nine months of the year, and get on with your day. Like, I don't even like carrying my kids to the car, right? Like, that's... <laughs> Shut up, mate. Just to, oh, my mum and my sister did this. Well, everybody's different. Everyone is, you know, other things, they they need different things. So just, your job is to support them with whatever decision they make. Shut up and do your job. You're like a boxing coach in there. That's it. Just (laughs) pat them down, give them some hydrolite, tell them they're doing great and go again. That's basically it. That's what it is. Rach, I'm, I'm going to throw in the devil's advocate here because yeah. even though I 100% support what um, Cam is saying <laughs> there, yeah. a rant there. And, Sorry. and my husband would have been, you know, trembling in his boots, um, you know, he, he wouldn't have dared to 
suggest what I do because I'm quite scary and particularly when I'm in labor. Um, But the thing that came up for me as ridiculous as what it was that he was saying, Mm. I thought, well, I don't know what it's like um, to be on the other side and to have that, um, you know, like I said, you, if there's someone there, whether they're male or female, going, this is a child that's coming out of this person. I mean, should they ethically have a say in how we choose to do it? I love as, as I'm saying that in my head, I'm going, no, no. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. Also, I think we're all on the same page here. <laughs> I think we're all on the same page. <laughs> I think there's no way I'm, playing devil's advocate, is there? No, no, no. Not at all. Uh, no one's going to be like, well, no, I'll I, see where you're coming from. I think women birth the way they feel safest. Mm-hmm. So if a woman is like, I am so terrified of labour I never want to do that in my life and they choose to have all the drugs and book in for the Caesar and however they want to do it they're going to have the best birth outcome and if someone is like I am determined to have a water birth and no drugs they're going to feel safer in that environment so I think it's genuinely just about choice and I think a partner's role is to fight for that choice whatever it is yeah that's true there Um, was there was sorry to interject again like I did like my wife did say she didn't want anything, and on the at the at the tail end, you know, during the transition, <laughs> yeah. um, when it was too late to get drugs, she was, you know, she did. Change your cha- mind. She Change channeled your mind. Satan mind. and was <laughs> essentially screaming for for drugs, and we were like, "We're there, mate. We're there." You know, so we just had to calm her through it and yeah. like sort of distract yeah. her in a sense. So I took her on a little journey. I grabbed her and like spoke to her and took her on a walk through Centennial Park in this, so we're going through this and, that. and then like we got about halfway through it and then she went, oh, shut up, I know what you're doing. <laughs> and by then we were crowning and we were away, like it had happened. Yeah. But she had asked me specifically, mm. you know, if I do start demanding, please to let's stick to that. my birth plan. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, That's I'm going so to. And she's like, I retract everything I've said. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like I'm going to mm. try and respect your wishes. You know? I, I think yeah. after I had my son, the midwife, um, um, they had a intern there and she said to me at the end, wow, you know, you did really well. You've got such a high p- pain threshold. And I looked at her and I went, what do you mean? She said, well, you didn't even ask for an epidural. And I went, I was I was allowed to ask for an epidural <laughs> because he was my second and they'd waited for longer for me to go wow. in. So I figured by the time I got in there and I was kind of in the zone, I, can't, I just didn't think it was an option. Yeah. So, oh, okay. But you're right. I think... However you feel safe. I just, yeah, I can imagine what kind of comments Matt Babel. What kind of name is that? It's M-A-T-T-E. Matty. Mate. Mate. Matty. Matt. Hey, mate. Mate, Makes it easy for everyone to remember his name. Mate Babel. Hey, mate. Mate Babel. All right. Uh, There has been a big pushback on wine mum culture. That is mums posting their glass of wine after a harrowing day with their kids. (laughs) So is the pushback fair enough or has it gone too far? That's what we're talking about next on the Parent Panel. I'm taking some me time. You want in? I'm going to have a glass of wine. I just need a break from the baby. I'm sure I'll be fine if I could just put my feet on. So a while back, there was an outcry against mum's drinking wine. Um, and it was basically a pushback against all these um, Insta or Facebook messages where mums would take a photo of their wine and go, I've made it. <laughs> and the argument was that it's unhealth- unhealthy and unhelpful to promote 
drinking this way. And that actually many women have a serious problem with alcohol, which I think is a valid argument. But at the time, I remember thinking, oh, come on, it's just one glass. And a writer in Motherly in the US has questioned the interpretation of mums and wines. She's saying, look, it's um, we're not seeing the whole picture. Like sometimes maybe it might be a problem and other times it's just women embracing a little time out for themselves. Rachel, was the pushback against mum's wine um, time legitimate and fair, or do you think it went too far? Look, the reality is she may post the picture and five minutes later she's probably passed out on the couch watching Netflix. <laughs> um, we all know Instagram's not real. However, I I think it's a it's a funny thing perception. So I don't I don't drink at home mainly because I'm a single parent and. I don't want to drink by myself. I don't want to drink a glass of wine at home. So my son never sees me drink wine at home ever, ever, right? But last year for preschool, they do the Mother's Day thing and they answer all the questions. You know, my mum is, it's like my mum is into yoga. My mum's favourite thing is to drink wine. (laughs) My mum's favourite drink is wine. (laughs) When my, what does your mum like to do? Work and drink wine with her friends. And I'm like, he has never. He's, like, he's ever, been watching Sex in the City while you're. Out he's the room never or seen me once drink at home. But I think he must see how happy I am <laughs> if we're out and I have a glass of wine with my friends. <laughs> like, oh, wow. So, but when I looked at the, the, the wall, what was hilarious, and all the mums started to text each other, I'm like, so you like to drink vodka, do you? Because all the kids have gone, my, my mum's favourite drink is vodka. My, mom, <laughs> my mum's favourite drink is beer. Now, does it mean we're all alcoholics? I don't know. Like, is it, I think there's so much around the perception of it. And I think, of course, it's it's dangerous if you're at home having bottles of wine. If I was a single parent drinking bottles of wine every night. But the for me, the the reality of him seeing me have a glass of wine and enjoy time with my friends, if if then it gets perceived by everyone at school that <laughs> I'm an alcoholic, that's problematic, no? And quite frankly... I don't think it said my mum's favourite thing is to pass out under the table <laughs> with her pants around her ankles. Like, it's just you having a glass of wine, mate. Don't you You know think... what I mean? It'd be a bit different. If it was my mum's favourite thing to do is dance on the table <laughs> crying to Alanis Morissette. <laughs> You know, that, there's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, totally. Did you did you go into um, class and just go? Um, <clears throat> I just have to explain. Oh, <laughs> seriously, yeah. I, I and I also think you know, kids kids are they're not silly, and so they're not going to write yes, they are. something. <laughs> they're not going <laughs> to write so something stupid. like my mum. <laughs> Sorry, my mum <laughs> drinks ten bottles of wine, and yeah. but but going into school, I definitely felt like a great sense of camaraderie <laughs> with the other mums because I'm like, okay, cool, we're all in the same boat, and I do think it's like, look, you've taken our social lives away from us. <laughs> You've taken... It was your choice. It was Okay, it was you my choice. This. But now, now this small terrorist is here and it's yeah. like, <laughs> please don't take wine away from me. Yeah, that's please right. Please don't take one glass of wine a week, you know. I'm just going to keep that one I'm there. I'm just going to keep that. Yeah. Now, I know, Cam, that... Uh, cause, I know, cause I, Cam, that you're an alcoholic. No, that um, you've been sober yeah. for... You haven't... I've been sober for over two and a half years. Yeah, because yes. I, I read your Instagram. Thank you for stalking me. That's, Can you please start a GoFundMe? Half a million nice. Mate, if I'm studying Uh, a GoFundMe page, it's for me. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, what's your take on this? 
that's my take on it. Look, I watched a really great documentary on SBS, uh, I think it was on Insight, where they had a bunch of mums on there that were talking about this very topic and saying that the percentages of uh, alcoholics had increased in Australia because of this um, whole reward system. Um, People weren't just having one glass of wine and it was blowing out and it did become a bit of a crutch and it is, you know, it became a necessary tool to get through the day each and every day. Um, and yeah, I noticed definitely that my, my relationship with alcohol and my patterns changed with the kids. I was sort of doing the same thing cause I look after them. I'm, you know, I work nights most of the time. So I was, I had them, uh, during the day. So I was clock watching. I had rules for myself, you know, like I would clock watch. It wouldn't be until five o'clock knowing that the day was done. I'd done a great job. Good on your dad, pat on the back. They're eating dinner. Nobody died today. Let's have a beer. But then I would slowly drink more as I was doing dinner and then bath and then bedtime. So by the time they're asleep, I've probably finished a six pack and it's Tuesday, Mm. you know, and then also on top of that, if I'm going out for a gig, I'd be drinking heavily at gigs. And then I just noticed this pattern. I was just drinking every day, essentially, um, which became problematic. And it, it, it was distracting me from doing my job properly as a dad. Um, and just a human, I think. Like, I just thought, I need to stop this uh, and nip it in the bud because, I, yeah, I was definitely, I was an everyday and drinker. And that's an interesting, um, the analogy of the, the time frame and rewarding yourself at the end because it's definitely, um, ch- having children at home is hard, mm. but also if you have a special needs child. I've mm. known people who have had um, special needs children and there is no other support for them. There is no other release for them except for having that wine at the end of the day. And if you add on top of that... There's nothing wrong with having a wine at the end of the day. Mm. What's wrong with like finishing that bottle of wine and then going looking for something else and there's nothing there so you drink the sake, you know, or the mm. cooking wine or you're like going searching and then you're drinking vodka and it's like what's happened. Yeah, like that's, that's that's the problem. That's like the it's slope. just being aware like not everyone just is who's having a glass of wine is an alcoholic. It's when you start looking for certain times you know you're like well maybe I can drink here and then you start making excuses and like I didn't know that I had a problem like honestly because it's such a drinking is such a huge part of Australian culture and it's part of a comedian's culture as well like we drink to celebrate good gigs we drink to commiserate bad ones I didn't think there was anything wrong with that until my wife said I think you've got a problem with alcohol you know and I was like oh I think I'm pretty bloody good at it you know like (laughs) I I practice every day and so I, I just sort of listened to her I went to the AA website just to have a look and they've got a little online test you can take. And I was like, oh, well, how hard's this, you know? Um, apparently not very because I smashed it. Like I got like an A plus <laughs> or an AAA plus and I never had an A plus in anything before. So I had about 10 beers to celebrate and then just thought, well, now, you know, I'll probably, I'll, I'll give it a crack. So I sort of, in my head, I was going to stop for a year because I hadn't done that. I'd never since... I started drinking in my teens. I'd never gone, hey, have a rest. You know, I think the longest I'd gone is maybe three months, you know. And so I thought, I'll take a year off. And then once that year ticked over, I was like, well, I'll just go again. You know, I'll see if I'll do another year. And now I'm just kind of like, well, I'm done. You know, it just works better for me. I don't get as tired either, you know. 
which oh. is good. So it's it's up to you. That's like, so interesting. I don't want to judge anybody's said, actions. You know, no, no. But mine. as soon as you said tired, I went, oh mate, maybe I should give up coffee. <laughs> no way, <laughs> never. No, let's, yes, no, let's, let's have this. That's a full <laughs> podcast. You want to take wine love. and coffee? Do not now. do no. that. Oh, no. no, I'm not going to stop any of it, Rach. <laughs> oh. Okay, our final topic in just a moment. What do you do with all the party lolly bags? Parenting, they say, takes a village. It's about experimenting and finding out what works best for your child. You don't learn when you're scared. So all those strategies under the guise of discipline, they're counterproductive. Feed, Play, Love is the bite-sized parenting podcast that's a village in your pocket. Short interviews with experts and real parents about everything from managing tantrums to making sure you get regular date nights. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Feed, Play, Love. That's a nice bag of candy you got. Our candy bags aren't that big, so we're making extra room in our internal candy bags. You ate that entire bag of candy. So I have to say, sorry, Deb, our producer, who put all that together, but it's lollies, people, not candy. Not ca- Every year I say to my kids, especially in the lead up to Halloween, it is not lollies. candy. Uh, but there does come a point in every parent's life where birthday parties for kids are more frequent than you ever went out to parties in your 20s Um, and over the years people have talked about how you can handle the present things so you know there's the fiber birthday party there are donations to um, you said the fiber birthday party (laughs) what that would be shocking no fiber Fiber. so you you give five dollars instead of a present so the parents say we're having a fiber party oh cool okay that's better than me just going hey here's some metamucil (laughs) happy birthday mate (laughs) poo well buddy (laughs) go strong Sorry. Here's some roughage. Yeah. Here's some greens instead. It's like, what? I want someone to have a themed fiber party. It's a fiber party. Pulling that yeah. back. Uh, yeah, so my thing is I, I, presents are not my problem. Lolly bags are my problem because um, my daughter's in primary school. My son's about to go to party, uh, primary school and that's where all the parties happen. So in one weekend, we could have like, six party bags in the house um and so i'm wondering cam what do you do with the lolly bags do you oh yeah what do you do do you hide them yeah skim and just anything hard that would hurt his teeth or you know damage his teeth we just sort of take out we quickly sort of grab it he runs over we actually went to a birthday party the other weekend that was like something from when i went to when i was a kid and i was sitting there going Oh, so many helicopter parents will be having a conniption right now. <laughs> they did Red Rover, and I'm like, this was banned at my school. This is on, you know. And kids were hurt. They got hurt. They had a piñata as <laughs> Pinatas well, so man. Like, it was so crazy. And again, yeah, there was a pile on. As soon as it broke out, yeah. everyone there was a massive pile on. This girl got crushed, and I was just sitting there going, oh, this is crazy. My kid came over with just handfuls of stuff from this piñata, and we just picked out... Um, like a few and then gave him, you know, like the chocolate ones. I was fine with that because he's had chocolate. But anything sort of hard, we just sort of removed that. And he didn't know. Like he was too busy, you know. Damn, I wish my kids were that oblivious. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they know exactly what's in d- each yeah. lolly bag. Mm. Right. They look straight away. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Well, they so do, but then you can easily, you just do sleight of hand, you know. So even, because <laughs> they don't, we just go, hey, man, like I said to him, Give it here. I'll put it in the bags. That way you won't lose it because you're running around everywhere. And he's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, so we'll have a secret stash, you know. And so then we did that and then I just took them out. 
and then just kept just a You've few You've started things, early. Know. That's good. No, it's yeah. too late for me. But I think, yeah. look, there's nothing. Look, the same thing. Some parents now as well, they're not doing like proper full sugar or full fat chocolate cakes. We went to a birthday party where they made, and man, it was yuck. They made a cake. <laughs> It was like avocado, avocado and yeah. cocoa and kale. And I'm like, I didn't come here for salad cake, mate. Like, I want full chocolate. Where's, what is going on? That was a fibre party cake right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, who, where did you even get this weird concoction from? It was, they probably made it. It was so, and you're sitting there eating it. And I bit in and chewed. I'm like, this, this tastes like dope cake. Like, it was <laughs> totally tastes like a wet brownie. And I'm like, what are you... I don't know if I'm into this at all. <laughs> I'd rather just, it's a special treat, you know. It's not like oh, they dude, get that much you, stuff wait, for us. Is he at school yet? Uh, he's starting school next year. Mm-hmm. I know. We'll have I this know. conversation yeah. Yeah, we after will. school. I know. Because... I don't want to do it. Like, we don't, we, they eat really well. They eat lots of fruit and veg and stuff mm. like that, you know, and it is a real treat for them to get those things at the moment. But I am, we are very aware <laughs> of it us, and Rachel trying. Rachel and I are like, like the cynical primary school. I know. <laughs> And I wasn't allowed it either as a kid. I wasn't allowed any sugar, any mm. lollies. I wasn't allowed to drink any soft drink because I was mental. Like yeah. I only just got diagnosed with ADHD last year. And I've only, so they were, mum and dad knew something was wrong. And so I'm sitting there looking at my kids going, right, you don't need any more. You've got my genes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm skimming for that purpose mm. as well, trying to avoid them climbing the walls and wrecking my house. You know? that, that's fair enough. I mean, how yeah. do you go, Rach? Because you, you, we, we, we had the commiserating eye look there in terms yeah. of, yeah, no, my kid, no so, skimming happening there. I was that person until Halloween when he was four. He was four. And it was our first Halloween. And I was like, you know what? All, all bets are off. You go for it. And we went to this crazy street in Bronte. Oh, the famous. The famous street. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was literally yeah. like, all oh, the kids are dressed up and all the houses. If you buy in that street, you have to get on board. And like Gabriel is like in this full on vampire outfit. And so every house they go to, they're like having a lolly. And I'm like, okay, let it go. Okay, let it go. And it just get they're getting more and more mental. So everyone goes to the park at the end of the street once the street's done for the kids to run around like the poltergeist. So like, <laughs> and it was so full on and then suddenly Gabriel stops in the middle of the park looks at me with these terror eyes rips his pants down (laughs) and does this giant poo in the middle like an emergency sugar poo like a crack addict in Vegas just and I'm the parent whose who's kid has done the giant Halloween shit. And, like, what do you do with that? Do you get a doggy bag? You get a dog do you get to get a doggy it, bag? Up. Like, oh, no. I'm looking for a plastic bag yeah, to pick it up. Like, do? how do you? I went to my car. I got a plastic bag. He, I had to get wipes. Like, it was all kinds of bad. Wow. For me, that was a turning point for both of us. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> because he actually, since that point, because before that I was sugar-free and I was really conscious and careful, but I think he got such a shock and I got such a shock that after that he will literally eat half a piece of cake and go I've had enough now oh uh, good he knows yeah what a yeah lesson parents <laughs> everywhere just That's feed so them sweet. lots of sugar let them, yeah. you know, let them get to a point like me yes where they can just go too hard enough. and they're like I've had enough yeah right or like you know the story of getting you yeah, smoke, smoke a, a whole pack of, 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 uh, pack of cigarettes yeah, yeah. so that was my experiment <laughs> I'm not saying it was a great one yeah but that's how we roll now I love that <laughs> Oh my God, there's, I don't know what I can take away from that. I'm just going to let it process. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure either of those options are going to work for me now, but but thanks for sharing. Um, 
<laughs> that was our last topic. And um, before I let you go, I do like to know what's going on in your lives that you'd like people to know about. And Rachel, I know that you have started a Kickstarter campaign for something very special. Can you tell us about it? Yes. Um, so this is a project we've been working on for many years. We shot the pilot last year. It's basically bringing together storytelling, kids moving their bodies, having a growth mindset, trying new things and inspiring kids to be out in nature. So it's a kids' story time yoga show. And we are... Oh, no, I had I've no offended idea. you now, haven't I, with the kale. You did the, you're a kale avocado cake Did you baker. not just hear the Halloween story? <laughs> yeah, <I'm kidding. laughs> so we, uh, look, we're, you know, we... Uh, Kickstarter is different from GoFundMe, just saying, putting yeah, it out there. Yeah, and look, it, you know, we, we've tried to, we were like, what if people could just pay to get the series in advance? So they get the series before everyone else, they get access to it. And, and we've been on quite a journey meeting with networks and corporate sponsors and I just got to the point where I said to Tash, I just want to make what we made. And it's one of those dream projects that if we can't do exactly what we, what we wanted to do, then let's let it go. So it's been a massive learning curve because I didn't realize like Kickstarter is a whole thing. It's really full on. It's like yeah. a full-time job, man. But um, we, yeah, we, we're just going for it and we'll see What's what happens. What's it called? So people want to Rachel and the Minis. Rachel and the Minis. I have, I've got to admit, I have seen it. It looks fantastic. And you've got like animation as part of the storytelling. Animation. So it's like inspiring kids to use their imagination and tell stories and move their bodies through screen time. So we, we want to use the inevitability of looking at screens in the preschool to kindy age and get them to do something that wants, makes them want to be outside and imagine and dream. And, and it yeah. is fabulous. So we'll put a link in the notes of this episode so you can Thank go to you. that Kickstarter page. And Cam, for people in Sydney, sorry, rest of the country, until <laughs> yeah. until we have a GoFundMe tour page. That's right. When I get that half meal, I'll be coming to you. Page, yeah. yes. But yeah. in the meantime, you are doing some shows in Sydney this weekend. Yeah, Sydney Fringe is on and we just had a show on last night. I'm doing a split show with uh, a fabulous comedian called Christine Ryan. She's from Canberra and she won Best Newcomer for the Sydney comedy festival this year and um it's basically better than she's better yeah (laughs) i've not yet won an award um (laughs) god damn it what is wrong with me um i've got good reviews but anyway (laughs) you gotta be in it to win it Uh, i am yes so we're doing a show uh it's just called vintage selection and it's basically we're doing a couple of sketches and doing about 25 minutes of new material and we're just testing it out uh, a few songs and stuffing around and it was great sing? last night yeah i play guitar with her and we wrote a couple of songs and awesome. we're just doing something different because usually I just do straight stand up and because it's fringe i thought oh well let's just do something fringy not, yeah do something fringy <laughs> it is and i did say that when we did the opening <laughs> song i was like there's your fringy bit <laughs> which went down well um so yeah um tomorrow night friday well tonight when is it? Friday night. Friday yes, night. Tonight. Friday night, seven o'clock, Factory Theatre, and Sunday night, six o'clock, Factory Theatre show goes, uh, but they go for an hour. So oh, you brilliant. can find tickets on the internet. That's a good time frame for parents. Yes, think? it is. An hour. She's mm. a parent as well. Okay, well, we'll put links to that as well in the notes. Guys, thank you so much for coming in. Ta. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a babyology podcast, hosted and written by Siobhan Hunt, produced and edited by Debbie Ning. For more information on the show or to check out other episodes with equally funny and insightful guests, you can find all you need at our website, babyology.com.au slash parent panel.